Hey there, friends and foes. Good morning, multiverse. This is Back of the Cereal Box live from Holocon, and I am your energetic host this morning, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica. You can call me Johnny, and along with me is my guest co-host this morning, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Brian K. Morris. Brian, tell everyone in 30 seconds who you are, what you do, and how you got wrangled into being live with me from Holocon. Oh, I remember, uh, well, I'm Brian K. Morris of Rising Tide Publications and uh, Rising Tide Broadcast Network. Um, as far as, I'm a writer, publisher, editor, um, broadcaster, and as far as getting here, all I remember is I had one drink last night, and everything went kind of hazy, and I woke up here. So, you know, I heard that you, they, that's how they used to get the shipmates in the, the 18th century. That's that's right. And then we have another uh, co-host joining us, very special co-host, and we didn't know for sure that he would make it to the show, but here he is, the one, the only, Joe Dog McKeel. Good morning, Joe Dog. Hello, hello. Let me, let me throw that back out. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm I'm showing my Holocon badge oh, yeah. with pride, but I know you you want to show the StreamYard shirt. Yes. yes. Little, little, little... Uh, Brown nosing there, a little, little. No, there's. I, I'm all up in there wiggling. I know you are. I know you are. I know you are. So, guys, tuning in, uh, we have already got some comments, and we'll get to those yeah, in do. just a minute. But um, we are known as back of the cereal box because when we were kids, we didn't have iPads or iPhones at the breakfast table. We were eating or reading the back of the cereal box. And that was for me, a portal into all of the pop culture stuff that we love today. Oh yeah. Comics and toys and games. And in this case, even music, they've got the download, the QR code to download monster mash. Have you guys heard this yet? Not that version. No. Oh, it's so good. And you remember, you remember when we were kids, they would actually print records on the back that you could cut out those plastic records. Yeah. 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 And this morning, um, we, we've all got something different. You've got the ghost, is it the Captain Crunch or Ghostbusters? Uh, this was the Captain Crunch that turns your milk green. Which is really disturbing. Really disturbing. And Joe, you've got Count, Count Chocula. Yeah. And Classic. I have Monster Mash, courtesy of our Cryptid Crunch co-host, Keisha Acuff. She sent this to me and I got it Thursday before we left. And this is the Monster Mash which is a mashup of all of the monster cereals. And so I've got my milk, I've got my bowl, and uh, we're going to give this a try. I, I tried it without milk, and it was deliciously tasty. Mm. And, um, oh, this is so funny. So we are coming to you live from Holocon, and this is our very first show, Brian and Joe, with a live audience. Oh, really? oh, We've never right. done that's a live right. audience before. That's right. <laughs> but look at this look at this yes a comment from carl witzman live watching this in person first to like and he's right over there now here's here's the dangerous part we've got a live audience which means these people could comment and interact and interject at any time. We might have some crazy wackadoodle like run through the set behind us. Oh, speaking of which, that's Greg Jones of the League of Impossibles. That was such a mistake to mention that. Anyway, so gentlemen. We are live. Oh, hey, we got uh, Dave Mattingly saying, good morning, Halloweenies. Morning, Dave. How did he know it? Never mind. And Carl says, Aunt Donna said hello as she eats her cereal. Aunt Donna, what do you got? Is it the Reese's? So, she's got Count Chocula, too. So... I brought, what, eight, nine, ten boxes of cereal. I don't know how many boxes of cereal. It's all the cereal we've been eating 
for the last several weeks. Well, I what the eight. Not, eight. You did five and three instead of four and four. That's interesting. What does that say about what does that say about someone who counts that way? I don't know, but technically we have nine because we did not count. I don't believe Greg counts as that. That's right. That's right. Okay. So that's all right. Nine. Ted Davies artistry says Donna. <laughs> and Donna looks what? Looks horrified. There, there's there's two Donnas. We have to clarify: Aunt Donna or my Donna. Oh, Aunt Donna. Now this is this is a this is a family friendly show this morning. But uh, did did that moonshine have any effect on you last night at all? I bet you did. <laughs> But you weren't falling over like Joe Dog predicted you would be. That means, Joe, that Aunt Donna is made of sturdier stuff than you. Well, I had one of my uh, security guys say earlier that he wasn't a religious man, but he just witnessed a miracle <laughs> as she walked by. <laughs> That's because funny. He has never seen anybody drink that much of that stuff and still remain upright. Well, I don't think a lot of people, like we said at breakfast, I don't think a lot of people appreciated how much some of us do um, our practice in the off season. And I'm retired all year round off season. <laughs> <laughs> now, I see uh, uh, Velma Dinkley coming into the room and I see a Powerpuff girl. Now, that's what I said. So, everyone who's coming in, joining us live, the first seats across the front have free comics for anyone who want them. So, uh, if you want to move up to the front row, those are yours. So, uh, I put out, I think, 10 for the first 10 people who arrived. And uh, those are for you. Get you one, Damien. That Archie's good. We love comic books. And with that, have you heard about our new... Uh, our new project, our new collaboration, Brian. Are you talking about the League of Impossibles comic book, John? No. Oh, a new one, newer than that. Yes, cool. I am talking about this. Comic books for kids provides comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers across the U.S. It's a place where we can all work together to make sure every child has a comic book. 100% of all proceeds go towards the kids. It's about making a difference, and while they're in the hospital, allowing them to fly like a superhero, battle dragons, or rescue teddy bears. We are in every state in the country and now support over 160 hospitals. Every month, we add more. Visit cb4k.org. And we highly recommend you check out Comic Books for Kids. They are an amazing organization. They deliver comic books to kids in the hospital. I think it's beautiful. It <clears throat> is really great. Well, you know, we got hooked up with them because we were going to um, do that ourselves as Back of the Cereal Box, as the League of Impossibles. And we ran into this brick wall. Mm-hmm. with hospital administration <clears throat> saying, well, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so no. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> these guys were already doing it, and they actually just ship them to the hospital, and then the hospital distributes them to the kids. In the, I mean, so mm-hmm. it's and, – and they're in 160 hospitals. That's cool. So That's we great. are now partnered with them and promoting them, and when hospitals let us go back live mm-hmm. – we're in place to help them out. Oh, that's so that's great. Yeah, and we've got we've got hosts and co-hosts in six cities: mm-hmm. Nashville, Memphis, Indianapolis, Hampton Beach, Virginia, um, Winnipeg, mm-hmm. L.A. Nice. That's five. There's a sixth somewhere. Nashville. Oh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Right. So you're actually international. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's 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 super. That's super. I, I love seeing the creative community um, come forward and help those you know in need. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Aunt Donna, um, 
Dave, our friend Dave Mattingly says, Donna, Donna, the prima Donna. Are you a prima Donna? I don't think you are. No. But but she's got beautiful green hair. I love it. Love it. Love it. But Ted Davies does say, Aunt Donna, LOL. Is that your new nickname? Or was it, has that always been your nickname? It's it's going to be Aunt Donna from now on online, isn't it? On it, screen, yeah, yeah. And uh, Carl Woodsman, who's sitting right over there, back of the cereal box, has now pushed Aunt Donna's blood sugar to over one hundred and fifty. This could get scary. No, no, no. That was the moonshine. <laughs> yeah, take a few drops of the uh, moonshine with your cereal. That should level you out. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I think you've got a challenge here. No, I actually, most of the people who really hammer the stuff mm-hmm. do not wake up with a hangover. I didn't. I, I, I took a sizable drink last a, a couple sizable drinks last night. So. And you actually woke up feeling good for some reason? I did, yeah. I'm not telling you that. Secret. Now, I know my uh, <laughs> I know my other back of the cereal box co-hosts are going, Johnny, why are you talking about moonshine? You, you have made that verboten. On our shows, and yes, I have, but this is a very special occasion because it's a live show. It's a live show, and I've got the drunkards here beside me. Right, and we do not recommend anyone indulge in any sort of non-natural substance use, all right? We here at the back of the cereal box only want, you know, like sugar, processed sugar, and other, you know, glutens. That's what we stand behind, and that's for a better America. You're welcome. Well, it is time for our fan favorite segment. Yes. New loot. And uh, I know that you you don't have anything with you. I didn't give you a heads up. But yesterday on the way here, I had to swing by. Had to. Mm -hmm. Had to swing by Battleground Games and Comics here in Dalton, Georgia. Yeah. I did a little live yesterday from Battleground. Phenomenal shop. But what blew me away was not their comic selection. That was a little bit lacking. But their their games and their action figures. Brian, it was like walking into the Toys R Us action figure section in the late 70s mid 80s you remember those days i do when you know and that's what it looked like in their store it was unbelievable and i picked up this heir to the empire luke skywalker black series figure Nice. Isn't that packaging beautiful? I didn't notice until I got out of the store, though. It was a little bit damaged. Huh. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <clears throat> split hairs over that. But this is the Luke Skywalker from. Um, <laughs> look at that! And the the, uh, <laughs> the the quality Velcro there. The Velcro came off. Um, this is the Luke Skywalker from Heir to the Empire. If you guys don't know Heir to the Empire. It was like the the start of the Star Wars expanded universe mm-hmm. back in the day, and you will remember that. Oh, were yeah. you a Star Wars fan, Joe? Yes. Were you into the Timothy Zahn Thrawn trilogy, the no, Heir to I the didn't Empire? Get that far into it. Okay, yeah, that, so that's Timothy Zahn's. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So back during the dark times, mm-hmm. when there was no Star Wars, and there was no potential Star Wars on the horizon. Um, Timothy Zahn published Heir to the Empire, and at the time, Lucas even said in the liner notes that it was the next chapter in the Star Wars canon. That that should have been the next three movies. I don't care what I agree. What, what Mickey says, that should have been. Mm-hmm. Well, it introduced us to Grand Admiral Thrawn, Mara Jade. Yes, which they still refuse to bring back into canon. That hurts. She was such a great character. Yeah, I can't figure out why they don't do it. Well, I know why they don't. Dave Filoni has said it's out of respect for George. George didn't like her. 
Hmm. He did not like Mara Jade, and he he specifically asked Dave Filoni when they were doing Clone Wars, out of everything from the expanded universe, not to specifically bring her back. Oh man, that's a shame. Yeah, but now he sold the company, but still, Filoni and Favreau are kind of honoring that that wish. Mm-hmm. But you know, the fans want it, so you know why not? Well, give it time. Give it time. I'm, you know, I'm sure somebody's going to put like an Easter egg in some film, one of the films or one of the animated shows, and maybe we'll see Mara Jade, who was a wonderful, fully realized character. Huh? Yeah, know, and you know, I, I'd have read like a whole series of books just on her alone. Well, there, there is. Well, yeah, there is, but uh, I, I, I wish it was still ongoing. Yeah, they're just no longer canon now. Uh, this figure of Luke comes with a Yee Salamary. You guys remember that what that was? The the Yi Salamary. Um, and I think they have been reintroducing canon. Grand Admiral Thrawn had found these tree worms, these almost like caterpillar caterpillar type characters that um negated the force. Mm. So he would wear one around his neck, and um his his top level uh what do you call them? Officers would wear them around his their necks, and that way they would be protected against Luke Skywalker, and more importantly, Mara Jade, and more even more importantly, the clone of Master Jorath Saboeth, who, by the way, was teased in the finale of the Bad Batch. The Clone Wars Bad Batch animated series on Disney Plus. The last episode, they went to the planet where the clone of Joris Saboeth was. So, there is some thought that we may actually get an adaptation in animated form on Disney Plus. And if that happens, ladies and gentlemen, we will get Mara Jade. You can't tell that story without Mara Jade. That's true. That's true. Uh, don't challenge them. <laughs> Besides, we need to see the internet blow up. This is not the update you're looking for. <laughs> well, whoever dreamed that we would get a live-action Ahsoka Tano? Now, did you watch The Mandalorian? No, I didn't. I uh, I don't subscribe to any of the streaming services because... Um, I like to get things done. Otherwise, that's where I'd be all day. Brian K. Morris. It's tax deductible for broadcasters. Honey? No. Madam Executive Producer? Heck no. $6.99 for Disney Plus. Goodness, no. That's $6. Let me rephrase this. Is book B done yet? Is book T done yet? I've got, (laughs) I've got right here in my hot little hands, ten dollars that I am willing to donate to the Brian K. Morris Disney Plus Fund. Oh, Oh, if I didn't get enough, okay, you don't get it, hon. (laughs) There you go. Thank you. Get one month. Watch the Mandalorian, the MCU shows. And and the the Disney Plus Star Wars animated shows and be done and then you cancel it after after Hawkeye. No, wait until after <laughs> Thanksgiving to watch Chris. <laughs> this is just re- like real life. Oh. That was listen. That was an early Christmas gift for. Br- I know. You, when I was a kid, you make me cry. Listen. So this this is what happened to me when I was a kid. <laughs> that you want to cry? Okay. Oh sure. Now, there was a time when I grew up dirt poor. Oh, yeah. And we we didn't have – no, that's not the story. We'll, we, we'll cue you for the tears. My parents didn't have money for anything. Mm-hmm. It, it was not a long period. It was a brief period. But we got, like, the best Christmas ever. I think I was, like, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge Christmas. And then the next morning – my mom said, okay, you can keep one thing. Ooh, wow. We got to take the rest back. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you know what I ended up keeping? What'd you keep? 
I this is gonna surprise a lot of people. I ended up keeping the Wonder Woman 12-inch doll. That it was the Linda Carter Wonder Woman. I was in love with Linda Carter. Who wasn't? I was gonna I say, know. weren't we all? <laughs> Listen, I, I, I learned how to kiss a girl with Linda Carter. Okay, the, the poster on my bedroom wall. I'm just saying. You remember that poster, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's doing the the pose? uh, Oh, yeah. Alongside Farrah Fawcett? Oh, yeah. Still have my Farrah Fawcett. Do you really? I really do. Yeah. Somewhere in the basement all rolled up, but it's down there. So all of the uh, people watching are are like, who? Farrah who? Oh, Oh. we've got some comments. Um, We do. Oh, so Andrew (laughs) Milden makes the point that you can get one month of Disney Plus for free, and then... The second month, I'm willing to pay for it. I'm just saying. Ted Davies says, fun Brian's Disney campaign. <laughs> there'll, and, be, there'll be an Indiegogo address for you all at the end of this show. And Kathy Jackson says, good morning, guys. You have a great show and excellent con. Watching the show from Illinois and wishing you all the best. I wish she were here with us. Oh, she's fun. Kathy Jackson, go to Kathy Jackson on Amazon and pick up some of her books. They're awesome. And John, I, I do want to point out one thing. You have just been a part of broadcasting history here. Cookie's face was actually on camera for a half second. She's That's more fantastic. than a pair of hands. Twice. Twice. So, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're talking broadcasting. She, she actually exists. She does. She She's is. not a cryptid. No, no, that's Nick Talker. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Ted Davies says, Brian, you can watch it at my house for free. Drinking with the Davies at the lake and Disney. Well, we've been practicing for that this weekend, thanks to Joe Dog. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're I think we're ready for it. And um, Andrew said, I just bought John's comic book, too. Thank you, Andrew. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. And Dave Mattingly says, you were in love with Linda Carter? Um, am. 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 Am and always will be. Yeah. And Cookie understands. And have you seen her lately? She's, what, 77 years old? And she refuses to age. I, what is she taking? There is a copy of her poster in her attic. Oscar Wilde had a book about this. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Dog, are you a Linda Carter fan? Are you pleading the fifth because Donna is in the room? Yes. <laughs> Does she have a pulse? Is, is she not on your hall pass? Nope. <laughs> oh, no. poor Joe McKeon. When, when uh, can we throw a spoiler? You know, since the movie's like a year and a half old now. Yeah, sure. about about Linda Carter. Yes. Yeah, sure. In the Wonder Woman. The last Wonder Woman. Yeah. Before, yeah. When they just showed the scene and just showed the eyes, I went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> there, you can't hide those eyes. Oh my god, no, no! I knew exactly who it was. I'm going, no way. And the ending was just, I squeed. <laughs> just Actually, squeed. that post-credit scene was the only good thing about that movie. Yeah. It was worth seeing the movie for that. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder Woman 84. Have you seen that? Do we, you go to the movies? Um, let's see. No. The last one was the uh, jazz singer. I understand they now have color and synchronized sound now. But no, we picked. Oh. We actually picked up Wonder Woman 84 this week uh, on DVD. And Monday, when wait, we're recovering... Wait wait, 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 wait. Did you say DVD? Yeah. Do they still make DVDs? Yes. Yes. Yes, they do. And... Uh, and somewhere they probably make beta and somewhere they probably make a Betamax version of that. We're going to see if we can latch on to one of those, but, um, or yeah, the 12 inch laser disc, I think, I think too, but no, uh, we're going to like have a post, uh, Con celebration at home and we're going to watch that movie. All right. That's, oh, that's very good. I, that's very cool. I, I sort of got interject. What, what is our stand for the 12 hours of never mind the furthermore? Oh, well, we were uh, assisted by Russian bots um, in getting our subscription numbers up. But since then, Wait, how, how, do you, how do you know that? Because when uh, like Andre, uh, uh, Andre Oleshenko is subscribing to you right after uh, Pavel uh, Ozuchowsko, yeah, yeah, you kind of get a feeling that uh, when it's in that, um, that 
I don't remember the name of the Cyrillic. Cyrillic, thank you. When like it's all twenty-seven letters and all but two are in English. Well, now see, you know. Okay, so here's the fun thing: when I advertise the podcast on Google mm-hmm. and run Google ads, I pick up international users all the time. Oh, we we do too because we do have an international audience. So several of our our viewers are from overseas. You know, mostly Great Britain. Um, but, um, somehow the Russians have found me and I thought, you know, this is a time for detente, you know, just, just like in, back in the Nixon days, you know, remember so, only Nixon could go to China. I, maybe I should work on uh, China next. That may be my next goal. So, so the Carl Witzman just posted a comment. I just bet he did. These guests are fine, but where are D and Kelly? Good point. That is a good question. Yeah. As Not much as here. I love, as, as much answer. as I love Brian Not and Joe. Here. Dee Barty is doing photo shoots all weekend. She could not come down with me. And Kelly, listen, this weekend, this makes me a little bit upset with with Kelly Gettner. She was in Metropolis this week, two hours from me, and didn't tell me. I had to find out on Facebook. I could have gone up to to see Kelly or, or conversely had her come down to Nashville. Two hours south, Kelly. Um, Dalton, Georgia is not that far away. Come over, um, someone's gonna get a spanking. I know, I know. So, <laughs> so, so speaking of picking up DVDs, Brian, yes, <laughs> I we're still in new loot, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I picked up this Blu ray of Justice League Injustice. This is the newest movie from the DC Universe, came out this week um and uh i do blu-ray not dvd i'm a little bit of a snob on that (laughs) i never was until until i got the blu-ray of uh dick tracy yeah and when i saw the remarkable difference Mm -hmm. that movie the way it looked and sounded on blu-ray compared to dvd i was sold i i never bought another dvd after that well, in all full disclosure, we bought the DVD Blu-ray combo. And the I can guarantee you now, 20 years from now, that DVD will be virgin territory. Joe's yeah. got to jump out uh, for a minute. Greg, you want to jump in and, and torment our audience, like traumatize them? Look here. This is Greg Jones from the League of Impossibles and Seder Day Productions. You have seen his face on our League of Impossibles Facebook page and in the comic, he is Deacon the Wearsader. Oh, and and listen, this is not an act. He is every bit as weird as you think he is. Oh, I love the footwear. I know. Damn. Holy cow. He needs to trim his toenails. I do like my dogs. Listen, if you could do that, I'm sure there's an internet site where you could make money. There was a day back in my younger years I could. You'd never leave the house. I know. Jeez, <laughs> jeez. Oh, like <laughs> family friendly, I'm sorry. So <clears throat> I want to acknowledge a new fan, Harv Witt. He's watching, and he says, I can't believe Disney disavowed the extended universe, the Star Wars EU. Well, they had to. Yeah, yeah. So, did you you saw you saw uh, Force Awakens? Yes. And and have you seen the other movies in the new trilogy? Uh, I don't think we have. Actually, it was one of those things. One, two, and three. Yeah, we saw we, we saw, saw one and two. Yeah, we saw one and two. And well, no, no, no. These these are seven, eight, and nine. We are kind of like you know, there's six movies. Actually, there's like four and two halves. Movies, as far as I'm concerned, you know, there's that that, that. We went five and six. All right, so and three was really good. I like three. I love one. I love the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Okay, and Rogue One. I like Rogue in, One in, in in this order. My favorite: mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back, Rogue One, Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. and people. You know, rail on the Phantom Menace. They they dish this on it, but I love it. I think visually the aesthetics are amazing. Mm-hmm. The I, the new characters like Qui Gon Jinn, and yes, I love 
Jar Jar Binks. Yes. Yes. Do, do you know why? Why is that? Because other than the fact that he, that Jar Jar is awesome. He really is. He made my kids Star Wars fans. Oh, nice. And and you know, anytime that you know can mm-hmm. happen, I'm yeah. I'm like he's he's an epic character. Agreed. So um, but um anyway, the new trilogy, episodes seven, eight, and nine, they 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 Kathleen Kennedy felt and Pablo Hidalgo felt in their ultimate wisdom that they could not carry the the saga forward mm-hmm. with all of the baggage of the expanded universe. That there is no way that they could live up to those stories because they would have to leave something out. And the only choice they felt they had was to just wipe it clean. So we lost Heir to the Empire and that whole trilogy is canon. And all of the novels, like 22, I think, novels. There are a bunch of them. Yeah. That were considered yeah. by fans to be canon. Right. George Lucas never considered them canon, by the way. He, in an interview, said, well, they're they're cute little stories, but they're not my story. Yeah, because he's got he, yeah, they good dialogue yeah. in them. Yeah, I can understand that. Oh, considering he kind of sold his stories anyway. Well, yeah. but he yeah. has now. He I'm has not. now. Uh. But this is before he sold the company. But um, so they 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 were like, we can't we 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 can't deal with all of this. So we got to start from scratch. And they just wiped it out. Now, Dave Filoni and John Favreau with Clone Wars and Rebels and and now the Mandalorian, they have found ways to bring back the most loved pieces of the expanded universe and to incorporate them back into mainstream canon, which has been, we just don't have Mara Jade yet. But, but, but so where was I going with that? So that's why, that's why they did that. This is, okay, how, good. This is kind of how the show goes, folks. Uh, for I those of you watching about stream of consciousness uh, broadcasting. Oh, that that's why I was asking that. What, Harv Witt asked why they oh, disavowed it. That's oh, why. Oh, and we, we were you were about to talk about injustice. Yeah. The brand so, new, um, do you know anything about this? Brian? Yes, I do. And it's uh, based off of a series of video games um, involving the DC characters. Which, by the way, I play Injustice Two every day. It do is, you really? Yes, I do. Uh, it's oh, he can games. play video games, but he can't watch Disney Plus. No, he does not have permission to be playing video games. Oh, I may be in trouble when this broadcast is over. Did you just witnesses. admit something that, yeah, that you shouldn't have admitted? Yeah, probably. You, well, it's been good to know you, John. You play Injustice every day. Yes, I do. And and I've not listen. I've not played it. I've not read the comic. I've only seen the trailer for this movie, yeah. and so I know the concept. Yes, is that Superman? basically changes his philosophy and decides that the only way to really bring peace to the world is to control the world. Exactly. Yes. And he basically sets out to take over. Yes. And the heroes and villains set up factions to either cooperate with the new regime or to resist it. And I've read the comics. The comics are brilliant. They're written by Tom Taylor, who is currently writing uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. Yes, that title, folks. Uh, and uh, Which we won't go into here. But, uh, but no, uh, the graphics are brilliant on it. And uh, the storyline is very engaging. So. so maybe I need to pick up Injustice, the comic series. Definitely, not, definitely. Because I'm not into video games anymore. I was when I was a kid. Yeah, but yeah same, same here. Know. This is one of the few I do uh, play. The very few I do play, Madam Executive Producer, but uh, uh, but no, um, the, the, the story. She, she, I think she's putting a hex on she, you now. She's making that's, hurtful gestures. Yeah, that's me. not that's not cool at all. But, but at least she's using more than one finger on this one. But anyway, um, but uh, but no, um, I can't say enough good about the Injustice comic book, and I have this thing about the DC animated universe. I like the original stuff. But since I am a voracious reader of comic books, why am I paying again for the same story? Now, yes, it is kind of cool when the uh, animated shows literally take the pages of the comic book and translate them into moving images. But by the same token, they don't always pick their best material, in my opinion. All-Star Superman, 
was great. Although they skipped like six issues. Okay. In the animated, but it was still a brand show. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Though, yeah. Brother. So, All Star Superman was Grant Morrison, right? Yes. And Frank Quitely. Yeah. So, neither one of those creators I really enjoy their work. Is that right? Yeah, I don't like Grant Morrison's writing hardly at all. I, um, yeah, I, I understand. His Justice League was interesting. Mm -hmm. You know where he? Do you want some, Greg? You no, want to go no, get a book? No. Anybody who wants some Monster Mash, come get it. Um, I'm going to have a... Would you like some milk? No, if you don't mind. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Look at me being a that servant. Looks, that looks good. A, 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 a good is leader, that enough? That's yeah, fine for me. Thank you. A good leader is always a good servant. I like how you pour that milk. That's very stylish. Yes, very well, good. you know. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, all right. We got some more comments. Um <laughs> Drew Milden says, look at these nerds. Bye -bye. Nerd alert. Are you gone? Okay. Greg is leaving us. Thank you for being with us, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Joe is jumping back in. Joe is coming back in. <laughs> because we'll get a job. And Dave Mattingly says, <laughs> like, all <laughs> love to Rogue One. Have you seen Rogue One? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Did you like it? Yes, I did. Very yeah. much so. And Drew Milden says, wait, they are bad nerds, actually. Nod nerd alert. Wait, who are you talking about, Drew? And Dave Mattingly says, air today, gone tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> Talking about air to the Empire mm. and the expanded universe. And uh, Andrew's taking issue with you. Wait, he's playing video games every day. Back to nerd alert. Saving our nerd cred. I'm willing to throw myself on that grenade for you guys. And Facebook user says, hey, guys. Hey, Facebook user. I wonder if that's uh, Keisha Acuff. She didn't call us beautiful. That's, that's, yeah, it's probably not. And uh, Ted Davies says, Rogue One is the best. Now, look, if I missed comments from anyone, I apologize because it is no, 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 no. We are not showing that on air. The best, the best one ever. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> yes. I've got all three. Oh, man. We, we may have to talk later, young man. All right. Let our audience in on what you have in your hand. Hold it up. How legal is it? It's not legal at all. <laughs> I want it then. This is Star Wars, the despecialized edition. So, in other words, the quote-unquote original version. However, there's no such thing as the original version. Do you know about this, Brian? Mm-hmm. So everyone thinks that there's some mythical original print out there. But the fact of the matter is, when Star Wars was released, there were actually two theatrical versions released at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. One for the East Coast and one for the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And while it was still in theaters, Lucas started tinkering with it. He started making changes and edits and reissuing it in the theaters as it as it went out. There's a scene I distinctly remember seeing the night that I saw it where Ben Kenobi tells Luke that uh, his father died in, in a uh, falling into a volcano in a fight with Darth Vader. And that is what what was in the comic book adaptation. I remember seeing it on screen mm -hmm. and it does not exist anymore it was taken out and um and and so lucas was tinkering with it and the only what they would consider original print that exists is from like almost well 1980 they did a a a, a master edition on laser disc mm -hmm. and that's the closest to any quote unquote original version that exists so, I speak blasphemy to you, heresy. And I say that's just all Mandela effect. Yeah, that's Mandela effect. It's got to be. Well, <laughs> maybe, but the fact is, he had he originally he, he released cool. two prints at the same time, and then was tinkering with it along the way. That is fact. And so he was doing special editions from the very beginning, mm -hmm. and lo and behold. He's not the only one who does that. Oh, yeah. Other filmmakers do that. And we saw that 
really in a massive way with Blade Runner. Okay. Right? Blade Runner had five different versions of that movie released, four of them while it was in the theaters. Wow. Wow. Cool. Interesting. So, anyway. It's very cool. And Ryan Permission is joining us. He says, um, I'll be picking up All-Star Superman and Red Sun trades trades at my local comic book shop today. Can't go wrong with the original source. Yeah, the Red show. Sun is is great. Red Sun is great. And Ryan Permission, uh, The Force Awakens and Rogue One are the best in the new movies. I'm not a fan of Force Awakens. I do love, love, love The Last Jedi. And I know that's the one that most people crap on, but... I think it's fantastic, mm-hmm. and I love Rise of Skywalker. I love that final line that Ray Skywalker issues utters. And um, what else do we have here? Curious Idealist says, "Happy Saturday, Pocket Friends." I'm out of cereal. Do you guys know what Pocket Friends are? I'm asking our live audience. Pocket Friends. Have you ever heard that term? No, no, this is a new term. Pocket friends refer to the friends that you have on social media that you access on your phone in your pocket. So our live audience prior to today were pocket friends and now you're real life friends. And Joe has been beckoned again. Yes. Okay. Snyder released the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's like a connection there with the Injustice with when they did the uh, kind of like the Nightmare or the where, where they kind of like the post the Yes, yes, that was that was inspired by Injustice. Okay. Um, Greg Jones asked about the. Um, oh my God! What's happening here? I I I I don't know what's. I don't know how to react to this. Answer his question. <laughs> yes. The 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 Justice League film was inspired by Injustice, that section. Yes. Um, all right. Dave Mattingly says, I also prefer Last Jedi out of the sequels. Because he's a man with taste and he understands good storytelling. Ooh, Ryan Permission asks us a good question for Halloween. Mm. What is our favorite Universal monster movie? Ooh. I'll let you go first. Thank you. Oh, I have to go with, and it's close, but I have to go with Frankenstein, of course, the 1931, especially Boris Karloff. You know, it, you know, there is a reason why Boris Karloff was a working actor all his life and took a variety of roles because he had incredible talent. And you see it all in that first film where you feel for the monster. And he does it mostly through his eyes. And it's plus it's a strong script, great James Well direction. Now, a close second for me is The Wolfman because that's the prototype of the tortured paranormal if you will you know that's you know a lot of people credit uh jekyll and hyde for the hulk but i give a lot of credit to the wolfman in that you know here's a person a basically good person who has a curse that they can't escape now whereas the hulk was able to turn it into positives the wolfman cannot he is simply a killing machine and lawrence talbot has to deal with it and especially when you research the life of lon cheney jr about um, you know the pro- the you know the addiction problems he had, and to see what powerful performances he still delivers as Lawrence Talbot, that uh, you know he's a, he's a close second for that reason. Although you know you can't ignore any of them, you know Dracula and the whole the whole the whole Universal realm. That's what I grew up with, and that's what I still love. So <clears throat> mine is a weird choice. Okay, um, mine is. Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman. Wolfman? And you don't hear Wolfman very often. Well, that had all three of the characters in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Wolfman. However, um, 
I can't remember. It, it's either Dracula or Frankenstein was not played by the original actor. It was played by a different actor, and I can't remember which one. Uh, Bela Lugosi yeah. was in Frankenstein. That was his second and last opinion, appearance as Dracula. Right, and uh, Glenn Strange went on to play the bartender in Gunsmoke. Oh, there you go. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Dave Mattingly says, "Silly rabbit, tricks are for squids." <laughs> I'm just hip enough to know what this is. Now I know. And he also <laughs> says Universal Movies, The Wolfman. Wolfman, yeah. But, but you know what I love about that Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman movie is yeah. that the Wolfman gets his redemption in that movie. Oh, that's right. That's he right. he becomes very heroic. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't remember what happens to him at the end. I think he just runs off to uh, be a tortured soul mm -hmm. again. But yeah. um, there was a redemption arc for him. Yeah. And great, funny, that. funny movie. That. Oh, yeah. Oh, he died killing Dracula. That's right. That's right. It's been. I, I just. It's been a long time since I've seen it too. Yeah, I just recently. Uh, uh, there is a legacy collection of the Universal monster films, and Madam Executive Producer allowed me to uh, purchase them. Thank you, honey. Uh, but it is uh, Frankenstein has all of the Frankenstein films from Frankenstein to Abbott and Costello. Wolfman has all the Wolfman movies: The Invisible Man, Creature, Dracula. Invisible Man, and um, I think I'm leaving one out, but there were six of them, and they're beautiful. They are totally beautiful. And I got them on Blu-ray. Phantom. Okay, Phantom. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a Universal Movie Monster expert in the audience. What is your name? Tom. Tom is giving us all kinds of great info on. Yeah, those are the best for Halloween. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, because they're they're good family films. I mean, I yeah, you I can. love monster films and I love the Hammer films too. But it was Universal that scared the Jesus out of me when I was like six years old. My parents, um, uh, I'd been reading like Famous Monsters of Filmland. Yeah, and, I remember that book. Yeah, yeah. and um, I was expressing a love for these movies that I hadn't seen, and so my parents said, "Well, we'll stay up for late." for late night TV way out theater on our local CBS affiliate. And at the end of the news, they'd run like a 10 second clip of the movie to follow. And Thursday night was way out theater. So I'm up Thursday nights. I'm so excited. And it's a scene in the um, invisible man where the constable is running down an S shaped path. And then following him is this empty pair of pants. I freaked. I saw the empty pair of pants and I let out this, this girlish scream race back into my bedroom. I don't even remember my feet touching the ground, slammed the door and vowed I was never coming out again. Uh, they finally had to coax me out like, you know, like a SWAT team got me back in front of the TV. I only missed the opening credits and that began my love affair. Is the there, horror films. is there, it seems like I remember seeing this, but is there like a making of the invisible man documentary? Cause the special effects that they created for that still hold up today. Him still, taking the bandages yeah. off of his head is remarkable. And they're still using a lot of those techniques today. Uh, in fact, I know a lot of filmmakers would rather do the in-camera stuff, yeah. especially rather than rely on computer graphics. But no, you're right. The Invisible Man is a, a powerful movie. And that's that's what I was expecting to see, like some sort of outline, because even at that age, I knew that movie making wasn't you know, wasn't as good as the movie that usually played in my head. But this thing just freaked me out. I, I'll tell you, there's only one scene in The Invisible Man that I felt like it was obvious, you know, mm -hmm. camera trick photography. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't remember what it, it might be the one you're talking about right. with the pants running. Yeah. But the rest of that film was just flawless. Okay. And um, for me, I watched them on Saturday afternoons. Mm -hmm. So after we had our bowl of cereal we would watch we, we we'd watch some pro wrestling mm -hmm. and then we had Superhost on channel 43 w a a u b in cleveland ohio mm -hmm. and Superhost would host these saturday afternoon matinee movies universal movie monsters kung fu movies and godzilla movies oh. and it was the best time of the 
It, it was just fantastic. Oh, that's I awesome. loved it. I, I love it. it. Ryan Permission says, Invisible Man, Black Lagoon, and Wolfman are my top three. Creature of the Black Lagoon. That was another one of the Legacy series. Yeah. And wasn't that uh, filmed? Um, that was filmed on the uh, lot in California, wasn't it? I think in the so. lake where they I also so. filmed Jaws. Yeah. Um, let's see. Glenn F Fleming says, Hey, Brian, everywhere I go on YouTube, you're there. I'm omnipresent. Uh, I'll be appearing in your hopes and dreams soon. And uh, don't change your feelings. And uh, Jody, Jody McPhee says, on the back of the box today, a BKM maze. <laughs> One of those boxes over there has some amazing mazes. I saw that, yeah. Ted Carl Ryan says, Gled Fleming. And Dave Mattingly says, my favorite Invisible Man is Ed Begley Jr. Oh, Oh, wow. I'd forgotten about that one. I didn't know he did an Invisible Man. It was like a parody of the the horror films at the time. Like back in the 70s, I think it was. Something like that, yeah. So what, what's your opinion about the, the one I always thought, Dracula Untold? Dracula, so, you know, Dracula Untold or Dracula Unleashed? Untold. Untold. Ooh, I've not seen it. That, yeah, so he actually played an anti-hero yeah, on that one. You know, he, he, did, he became a vampire for the right. For, for, for the right reason. Oh, nice. Nice. And, uh, that was that was the first movie in the intended brand new universal shared universe right. that didn't happen. Yeah, and that's a shame because a couple of them were really good. I, I liked Van Helsing. I yeah. love Van Helsing, in fact. Yeah. Well, that was legendary pictures. That was, oh, was universal. That okay, yeah. okay. But I love the concept of Van Helsing. Yeah. I love the soundtrack. Of Van yes. Helsing, that soundtrack is amazing. It really is. But Brian, what? That movie's not a good movie. Oh, it is too. Oh. It was entertaining. The crowd rises up. <laughs> John, look, I'll buy you some time. Maybe look, get your run, make a look, run for it. <laughs> look, I understand where it may be some people's guilty pleasure. I, I, I have You'll sat down to watch it because. Because, uh, is it Jim Broadbent that plays Dracula? Is that who played Dracula? No. 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 Oh, oh, I, oh, oh. Um, he. Also, Someone Google that. Real wasn't quick. that the, he also was the, the remake of the Night Stalker? He played Carl Kolchak. He I think. he played he played the Baron in Moulin Rouge, and but he played Dracula in this, and he was phenomenal. Wasn't he also Oscar, or wasn't he also um, Dorian Gray in? Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't he also play Dorian Gray in the League of Impossible Gentlemen? No, he played. He played M. He played. Um, oh, M. Okay, yeah. yes. Okay, I know who you're thinking of. Then, yeah, yeah, that is Jim Broadbent, isn't it? No, 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 it's not. Jim Broadbent is a large. large I, you know, uh, well, so I know. Uh, yes. What What is his name? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Jim Broadbent plays Harry in uh, Moulin Rouge. Um, why can I never remember this guy's name? This is going to drive me crazy. Yeah, because well, I think he's one of those actors that whatever role he's in, he disappears into it. He's a chameleon. You know, he can play like a yes a hundred different roles, and he'll have a hundred different looks. Yes. So yeah. So he was Richard, more Richard Roxborough. Richard yes, you. yes, That's he played him. Dracula in Van yes. Helsing. He was brilliant. And the whole film, the, the concept was great. The pacing was pretty good. But here's what killed it for me. The, the computer animation special effects were horrible. Mm, Mr. Yeah. Hyde looked like a video game cartoon. Yeah. It just, it was not. It was, I understand that. I understand that. And, and listen, Frankenstein monster mm -hmm. having the agility of an Olympic gymnast and swinging across that big chasm from tower to tower just i i was i checked out at that point i was like i don't i don't buy it and to me that was more like the original shelley novel because in the shelley novel frankenstein the monster i should say the creature as he's often referred to is agile he's fast he's super strong um he is kind of like humanity on the next level okay to be honest so that's who that reminded me of. Too far from I Frankenstein as well, too, though. But right. I Frankenstein, he was all very human. Mm -hmm. 
All very human. I liked I Frankenstein. I Frankenstein was good. Although yeah. it has some pretty, pretty substantial pacing problems. Yeah. Because I fell asleep in the middle of that, <laughs> and I don't fall asleep in movies. But I had to watch that over course of three sittings, and that's that's a rare thing for me. I, I have two films that I have never seen the end. I've never even gotten halfway through them because I fall asleep. One is the 1976 King Kong. I have never been able to sit through the whole thing without passing out. Is that one with uh, Grizzly Lang. Adams? Yeah, and Jessica Lange. Okay. And the other one is... Two and a half hours or two and... It was it was if, made for if TV, it's right? Twenty minutes, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, was it the one made for TV? No, no, this is theatrical. Okay, because I'm thinking of the made for TV film where he climbs the World Trade Center and not the Empire State Building. That was like he does. Oh, he, does. does. he does. Okay, I, I think you saw it on television. Okay, I saw it on television, and that's where I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the second one that was on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he essentially does the same thing. Right. Wow. Yeah. And the other one, of course, and this is a shame because I'm a huge Humphrey Bogart fan, is The Big Sleep. I I can I have seen most of it. Uh, I just the I title see, wants me to wants to put me to sleep. Yeah, and it's not even one of the uh, writers better. I think it was Raymond Chandler. I think wrote the original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even he, you know, there's like eight murders. He only solved four of them in the book and then the movie solved like two more but and as much as i love humphrey bogart as much as i respect his body of work i just can't stay awake during that that film i don't know if it's me trying to figure out the plot and i'm passing out from the strain or what but but anyway john i see you with some cards in your hand i do i do trying to move the show forward i do but but first i i need to ask so do the characters from the squid game talk only when giving orders Okay, so we're going to leave it at that. <laughs> and Dave Mattingly says, Amazon women on the moon. I've oh. not seen it. Oh, it, Do I need to see this movie? You, oh, think Citizen Kane. To all those different kinds of movies from the 60s. Yeah. Ooh, then I do need to you see it. You do need to watch it. Uh, you know, they, they usually refer to this in the same breath as like Citizen Kane. And uh, Casablanca, you know, the true cinematic. Um, um, oh, I can't even keep a straight yeah, face. Really. Saying, what movie are you talking about? <laughs> well, and Dave Mattingly says, My favorite Frankenstein movie, movie is Roger Corman's Frankenstein Unbound. That's a good point. That's a good choice there. Of course, you say Roger Corman, and that's when you've got me. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we are nearing the top of the hour, and my battery is getting very low. Joe Dog was going to find me an extension cord for the battery, but we're running off of that camera, so I may lose the ability to control the show here. You lost but, it the minute I got here. Yeah, I did. I did. And the minute we decided to do it, Carl Witzman in the audience. <laughs> um, but that means it is time for – where's the card? Where's the show card? I did not do my job as a host. It is time for Trivia Time! We're going to do some comic book trivia, and I've got the comic book trivia cards, and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to shuffle them up, and I'm going to put a pile in front of me and a pile in front of you, and we're going to draw them from the top at random, and we're going to ask each each other a question, and, and if one of us cannot answer it, we will throw it to the audience. Sounds good. I, I'll, and if we, I don't know if we have time. We don't, well, oh no, we'll have to look at the answer anyway. I was going to say, yeah. well, we could try and guess it ourselves, but go go ahead. All right. So the first one is yes. what material is Captain America's shield made from? And I will preface this by saying this is a trick question. What? What material is Captain America's shield made from? I believe it's a blend, but uh, the chief component is adamantium. What does it say? That is true. Yeah. In the comics universe, but in the MCU oh, cinematic universe, okay. it is. I want to say vibranium again. It is vibranium. Yeah. You are correct. Yeah. That's one for Brian K. Morris. Okay, here we go. Who kills Agent Phil Coulson in the Avengers? That would be Loki. Very good. Very good. All right. And. Ooh. 
Which British actor has played a villain in a DC movie as well as a Marvel movie? This is a hard one. Oh, yeah. Wow. Once you hear the answer, you'll be like, oh, of course. Yeah, I'll get ready for the face palm. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. There are so few actors that have been in both universes. Uh, I'm going to have to pass on, just for the sake of time, I'm just going to say I pass and concede on this one. What is it? Well, we will. Let, let's throw it to the audience. Anyone yes. know? Which British actor has played a villain in a DC movie as well as a Marvel movie? Live audience, you can answer as well. They are confused. And everyone is going to go, of course, when I read his I'm name. Getting ready. I'm getting ready. Tom Hardy. He played Venom in Venom and Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yes. Yeah, he yes. just did a... All right, so... Neither did I, <laughs> but but he was in Inception with, and he spoke with his British accent in Inception. Uh, this is so easy that I'm not going to ask it. Uh, well, there are two questions. Per yes, card. I, both could... of them are easy. Oh, okay. Which fa- the well, no, that... I've seen the answer. Okay, you've seen the answer. So anyway, we'll move on. Well, let's see if the audience gets it. I'll, I'll do the top one. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. What is the Red Skull's real name? Ooh, ooh. Um, Herr Schmidt. Um, what is his first? Is it Jacob? We'll throw it to the audience. Jacob is not right, but it does begin with a J. Johann Schmidt. Very good. Yeah, very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. The other question was, what does the DC stand for in DC Comics? Oh, that's direct comic. No. Oh, no. It's detective comics. Oh, that's right. That's right. And the Fantastic Four live in what tower? The Baxter Building. And what is Clint Barton's superhero name? Hawkeye. There we go. All right. Ooh, this is a good one for you. I'm ready. What year was the first modern comic book printed? 1917, 1933, 1954, or 1967? 33. And bonus points if you can tell us what comic book it was. Uh, I can tell you who the publisher was. It was Max Gaines, the parent of Bill Gaines, who uh, created, helped create uh, these, uh, uh, Mad Magazine. Uh, He's right. 1933 is the correct answer. It's not new comics. Oh, and I should know this. It uh, is. It is. It is a solo hero, and it is considered the first full color comic book. It was a collection. Yeah. Of previously published work. Mun Jeff. No. no, it is a superhero. No. No, Flash was 1940, Flash Comics. Um, Green Lantern was later in All-American. Um, Anyone know? I want, to say Dete- I want to say Detective Dan, but 1933, no. The first one I think of is like a collection of newspaper strips. I'm blanking it is out a, the name. It is a collection I'm of newspaper strips. I'm blanking out the strips. name, though. I'm blanking out the name. Close. Very close. Same era. Squid Game got it. It is The Phantom by Lee Falk. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But you got the year right. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. We got time for one more each. All right. Um, Oh, the loser will be eliminated. Okay. The loser will be. Okay. Okay. I've got two. He got two. Okay. Okay. Which member of the Avengers saves Manhattan from the impending doom of the active missile? That would be Iron Man. Very good. All right, one more. Been good on y'all. Okay, this is a good one for you. Okay, who is Kane Marco's stepbrother? Professor Charles Xavier. Ding, 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 ding. I think we are tied at three to three. So congratulations, <laughs> thank, you, thank you, thank you. And and Dave Mattingly guessed about 1933 Prince Valiant. That is. Certainly there with uh, some of the first. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely, but definitely. It was the Phantom. Oh, and look who just joined us, saying, hello, beautiful people. I know who that it's is. Keisha hello, beautiful Keisha. Ah. And um, so the uh, supervisor from the Squid Game spoke. 
I know who that is under that that costume, <laughs> but I don't think he wants his identity revealed. Do you? You don't care. It's Blake Wilson of the League of Impossibleists. All right, guys and gals, we are out of time for the show this morning. I want to thank everyone for joining us live. And guys, I don't want to take any of that cereal home with me. So please eat it, take it, enjoy it, love it. It's phenomenal. But I don't have any more room in the pantry for cereal. I've got to make more room for the new stuff. Understood. Understood. And you can have Monster Mash if you'd like that as well. And um, so for you guys watching, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Um, I do want to mention one thing. Um, if I can get there. How, what, what, what are you doing? I, I don't know. What, this is, this is to get to? Yeah, tip of my brand. I'm hitting brand. the wrong button on go. my. Uh, so yesterday. 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 Friday the 29th. Saw the official Amazon release for the League of Impossibleists webcomic. It is now officially on Amazon and available. And you guys can uh, go download that. Check it out. Um, as of yesterday, the, the search function it still wasn't showing up in Amazon mm, searches, mm. but I published it through KDP. That may have something to do with it. That could be. Does it take several like days for it to show up in searches it and whatnot? It can. It can. Uh, but at least they got it on there. And definitely, everyone check it out. Uh, we who are John's Patreon subscribers have been enjoying uh, pages from this book. It is a definite you got to read it kind of thing. And you Patreon subscribers, you will get a free copy or well a complimentary copy a thank you copy a digital copy in your email inbox on monday we thank you so thank you guys for supporting that and helping making it happen and uh, there were so many other comments that we couldn't get to yeah. you know what that's yeah. all about uh, oh boy do i ever yeah yeah so keisha says i'm so jealous i wish i was there also keisha we wish you were here and thank you for the yummy monster mash cereal <laughs> So uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to sign out. Thank you, uh, Brian K. Morris, for being a guest co-host this morning. Thank you. A lot of fun. It has been great. We've got to do this again sometime. Yeah, we do. And uh, thank you, Squid Game Supervisor and Greg Jones. He's gone. And Jody, Jody, Joe Dog McKeel. Jody McPhee and Joe Dog McKeel. I feel your pain. Yeah, I do and have and still do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you guys for watching and tuning in. It's been a blast. And um, hopefully we'll be doing this a lot more in the future live from events. And until the next time, we love you, mean it. And we'll catch you on the flip side. End broadcast. <laughs>